This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Little St. Patty's Day flavor in studio in Madison. I am Ben Kenny with the Badgers over in Milwaukee. He is Zach Heilprin. Zach, good evening. Good evening, Ben. It is March, and that means Fran McCaffrey flaming out. Well, I was going to start Fran this. Fran McCaffrey in Iowa flaming out. Yeah. It's March. I was going to ask the, start the show by asking you, were there any notable NCAA tournament results? And I guess you just <laughs> you hit it right on the head. I mean, I, I've been looking all over the Internet for the postgame press conference and just waiting to see how he blames it on that one foul call when the team played <laughs> flat the entire game. It is uh, remarkable. Uh, I watched uh, probably like the last 10 minutes uh, on the big board at Pfizer Forum because Wisconsin's out for their practice, and uh, I was not the only one watching. Joe Krabenhoff, or as uh, I believe John Howard likes to call him, Joel Krabenhoff, was eyes on the practice, then eyes up to the board, eyes on the practice. Dean Oliver, who played at Iowa, same thing. Even Greg Gard, a little bit peeking up there to see what it was looking like. And when it got to the point where uh, Iowa was not going to win that game, Andy North, famous, uh, obviously, golfer, but also super Badger fan, walked across the court with a huge smile on his face and gave Greg Gard a knuckles, some knuckles. So, uh, yes, it was, I, I would say unexpected just because everyone was picking Iowa, but maybe not so unexpected because now it's been uh, 23, no, 22 years, 23 years since Iowa has made it out of the first weekend of the tournament. It is remarkable how uh, inept Iowa and Fran McCaffrey are when it comes to actually meaningful basketball in March in the NCAA tournament where, where your legacy is created. Who cares what you did in the Big Ten tournament? Your legacy is created in the NCAA tournament, and he's flamed out time after time after time, and you just hate to see it. Yeah, you really, you really do. Um, and honestly, Richmond is a really good basketball team. I, oh, for sure. Good friend Asher Lowe is a lifelong Richmond fan. He's been pumping that drum for four years, and it's finally become true. That does bring up something I want to get into this show, and we can start to hit it now. Does winning the Big Ten tournament put you at a disadvantage for March Madness, right? I mean, last year, Illinois goes through the Big Ten tournament, which is pretty much a gauntlet. Then they go, and they kind of show up flat against Loyola Chicago, who was also a really good basketball team. And we saw Brad Underwood this year after the Big Ten tournament come out and say, yeah, we need a rest. This is going to be good for us this week. And that is what ended up happening to Wisconsin because they lose to Michigan State last weekend. They get this week off to hopefully get Johnny Davis more healthy, to get the team rested and out of the Big Ten finally, to then get ready for this game. So, I mean, is it kind of a good thing, dare I ask? And I don't want to put it this way, but is it not the worst thing in the world that Wisconsin didn't play five games last weekend? Well, I don't think it's horrible that they didn't play five games. I certainly think that, you know, getting Johnny Davis some rest is a good thing. But I also am not going to let Iowa off the hook either. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, that's, that's not going to happen, right? That I don't care how many games they played or that they had to turn around and, you know, get to Buffalo, what, less than probably 48 hours after winning that game on Sunday in Indianapolis. I, I, I don't really think that matters because this isn't like a one-year thing with Iowa but just in terms of you know a Big Ten champion then having to go and you know turn around and play in the NCAA tournament if the team is good I don't think it really matters 
If your right. team is good and, it, and it's a really good team, for instance, 2015 Wisconsin, if you're a really good team, you're not going to have a problem turning around and going and playing uh, a game a few days later. Iowa uh, was a average team much of the year. They got hot towards the end of the season, played great last week at Indy, but then showed, in my opinion, showed to an extent their true colors today. Their offense, not nearly as bad as it was today usually, right? But I think they showed their true March colors today, in my opinion. Yeah, 36% from the floor, 6 of 29 from 3. I mean, maybe yeah. they were spending all week doing that victory lap they did after winning the Big Ten <laughs> tournament that maybe the focus wasn't on a really good Richmond team. Jordan Bohannon had some fun on Twitter this week. Jordan Bohannon has a lot of fun on Twitter, uh, but I there, there are some great memes going around uh, about him and his chances, uh, or see, Iowa's chances of making the big of, of making the final four, and it, there may be a picture of him laid out on a bar floor from uh, last <laughs> summer included in that. I don't think anybody. I, I don't think anybody in Wisconsin is sorry to see Iowa go out. The way that the the way that they reacted after Wisconsin beat them and, and complained about the refs. I don't think anybody is sorry to see them go out. The only thing that probably would have made Wisconsin fans day better would have been Michigan losing as well. But I think fans will take Iowa losing and Marquette getting curb stomped Ooh. as plenty of as plenty, plenty of uh, good things happening if you're a Wisconsin fan today. So 608-321-1670. I wanted to maybe wait on the, not piling on, but talking about, in a happier sense, Iowa losing until maybe Wisconsin got out of the weekend. But as you put it, the more I thought about it, why would we do that? Twitter poll right now, 608-321-1670 is how you join the program. Twitter poll up right now at Kenny underscore Heilprin. What do you expect to see Friday night in Milwaukee? So I today is kind of in the rear view now. We're going to know Wisconsin's opponent when they take the court tomorrow night because Iowa State LSU is the game right before. But what do you expect to see? Wisconsin wins and covers the eight points against Colgate. Wisconsin wins close or Colgate upsets Wisconsin. I said earlier today, I was on the morning show with Nelson here. I'm a little bit too confident in Wisconsin heading into this game. And that has meant dangerous things in the past because I've, I've started to learn from my mistakes of being too confident. Clearly not. I'm starting to learn. I haven't completely <laughs> learned, as you could see. But the more I look into this matchup, Zach, with Colgate, it's obviously in Milwaukee. But the, the more I look at the on-court matchup, I think it's perfect for the Badgers. I think it's a good matchup. I certainly think it's a better matchup than if they had an interior post presence that could really threaten Wisconsin. Uh, we've seen that uh, them struggle at times against that this year. I feel confident that uh, if Chucky and the rest of the the guards are able to keep them out of the paint and uh, you know don't don't allow them to get in and dribble, uh, I should say dribble drive and kick, I, I think they're going to be in good shape. Uh, but it's going to come down to Chucky keeping uh, Cummings out of the from being able to drive like that. And he knows that we talked to, got a chance to talk with him today. He knows that that's going to be a key to them winning the game tomorrow night. And if they do that, you have to feel good about it. Defensively Colgate isn't very good. And Wisconsin offensively hasn't been great, uh, especially the last two games, even though I think we saw a little bit of a better, better offensive effort from them in the second half against Michigan state. But I really think it's going to come down to Wisconsin's defense. If they're able to, to slow, uh, the dribble drive and, and force you know tough shots and if uh, there's not wide open threes over the place I think they're going to be fine but I certainly am not in the camp of I have never been more confident in Wisconsin covering minus eight like I I am not in that realm I'm uh, I am nowhere close to that 
I'll say that. So here's why I think this, and you mentioned it kind of, but Colgate is a veteran team. They are elite from three. They shoot, uh, what, above 40%, around 40% from three. They have not, and their strengths lie in the perimeter game. They don't have a big man down low. The thing that has given Wisconsin trouble, and we even saw it last weekend against Michigan State, Marcus Bingham kind of took over that basketball game, crashing the offensive glass. He got some key buckets. Wisconsin has had trouble, and it's understandable. The Big Ten is loaded at the big man position, but they've had trouble containing guys down low, and no one's going to contain Kofi Coburn. But overall, that's where this Wisconsin defense is a little more susceptible. When you look at the perimeter, I have the utmost confidence that Chucky Hepburn, Brad Davison, who's been around the block, Johnny Davis, even Tyler Wall switching out, can contain Colgate shooters and Colgate's guards. Because Colgate, they don't face anybody in the Patriot League, in my opinion, that is as good of an on-ball defender as Chucky Hepburn. And I don't know if Badger teams of the past had as much of a surefire on-ball defender that you know. You put him on their point guard, he will at least make life hard for him. And when you're a point guard who scores a lot of his points from behind the arc, I mean, and you have a guy in your face, that is only going to make it tougher. So the things that are hurting Wisconsin are they get foul trouble. Maybe Ben Carlson and Carter Gilmore have to come in and play big minutes because you see vote and you see Crowell go to the bench. But if Colgate doesn't have a dominant piece inside and Wisconsin's strength defensively lie on the perimeter and they are a very disciplined and sound defense, I see them handling this Colgate offensive attack. You bringing up um, the fact that Wisconsin has a great on-ball defender like Chucky, and I, I completely agree with that. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But it reminds me of, and I'm not saying anybody on this other team is Steph Curry, but I remember going into that this game against, uh, I don't even know what, it was, it was the, the Sweet 16, I think it might have been 2008, the Sweet 16 against Davidson, and I'm thinking Michael Flowers is going to go in there. Who's Steph Curry? This guy hasn't faced anybody like Michael Flowers. There's there's nobody there's nobody that has no. Michael Flowers has got him. Fine. Thirty some odd points later, we uh we know that that was not the case. Yeah. And Steph Curry is obviously Steph Curry and we now we know all about him. But that much confidence in somebody just go and say, Yep, he's gonna be fine, he's gonna shut him down. I, I think it has to be team and I also think this uh they do a lot of handoffs uh, with the big guys at the top, a lot of uh um screen uh, handoffs with the screens and i think that is going to be um a real key can wisconsin's big men deal with that and potentially having to switch and still being able to stay in front without help that's going to be a key too right and nelson brought up the steph curry thing earlier when we were talking about when there is confidence and then something like that happens i i don't think i'm naive by thinking that nobody on this team is as good as steph curry so I get, but I see no, what you're, you're saying not. in terms of the confidence like, going in. Yes, the confidence. Your, your confidence is, is at an all-time high, and there was, there's was there been confidence a lot in a lot of Wisconsin teams before your time. Before your time of, I mean, you figured out where Wisconsin was, like in what, 2015 or 2016? <laughs> like on a map. Like on a map, when you, when you first figured out where Wisconsin was, was it was it 15 or 16? 2010. Okay. Uh, well... Then uh, did you know about Cornell? Cornell in the in the NCAA tournament, Wisconsin going to roll through them. They did not. Very good three point shooting team. Now they also beat quite a few uh, uh, good teams during the year, and this Colgate team has not. But again, I mean, we've had way too much time to talk uh, about all the things that could go wrong. 
You know what I mean? Like there, <laughs> when you have this entire week and you're coming off the last two performances, you can talk yourself if you really want to. You can talk yourself into the um, Colgate winning this game. I don't think they are, but I think you could talk yourself into it just the way that we all try and overanalyze all this stuff. Right. And yes, I, I have heard of Cornell. It, it's been a topic of conversation. And you mentioned who Colgate has beaten. A lot of people bring up Syracuse. Now, if you're a team, yeah. now I rewatched that game uh, kind of to look at what Colgate does well. Syracuse went out to a big lead and they play a zone. And if you're a great three-point shooting team, you could find ways to get open shots against a zone. And that's, from what I saw, that's all that happened. And Syracuse was awful this year. So I don't want to hear that, they, oh, they went and beat Syracuse at the Carrier Dome. Normal Syracuse, maybe, but not this year's team. Now, there's, I mean, and, uh, to, and to be fair, they also, they also lost to two really, really, really bad ACC teams in Pittsburgh and North Carolina State, two teams that finished at the bottom or near the bottom of that conference. Um, so, I, and I'm not, look, I mean, they are what they are. It, it's, it, you can talk yourself into this if you want to. I'm not going to do that, but I think you probably could. I see. I, it is the tournament. I should say that there is a caveat here that if a team shoots 60% from three and you miss every free throw, you could lose to anybody in the tournament. Like we, we've seen crazier things happen. So there's, there's that natural caveat. I, they, I, I would think that's set. Yeah. I mean, they, they hit 12, three pointers last year against, um, uh, Arkansas? Now, yes, excuse me. They hit 12 three-pointers against Arkansas last year and still lost by 18. But that game, they were up 14 in the first half and had a lead with about 10 minutes left. So it's not like they it ended up being an 18-point loss, but it was a close game. And I, I mean, I could see that tomorrow, too. Like it being close for a stretch before Wisconsin maybe is able to, I don't know, say pull away, but perhaps get to your 8- or 10-point mark uh, that, that you are confident that they're going to cover. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. I'm hovering around 10 right now. And so here's why. So we talked about how Wisconsin matches up with them defensively. But something I think plays into Wisconsin's defense, and we've seen throughout the year, take away these last two games. Because a lot of people, they've lost two straight. We get it. You know, like it doesn't change what they did all season long and all the performances they put together, all the great teams they beat. They lost two games. Okay. Wisconsin's offense has been able to set up the defense a lot this season. That whenever something, whenever the other team starts to go on a run or whenever the momentum starts to swing, it's been a Tyler Wall bucket. It's been a Johnny Davis bucket. That's kind of settled them down. And then the defense kind of plays off that. Or that's what I feel like I've seen. When you're facing a team like Colgate, who, number one, has nobody to guard Johnny Davis. Number two, is not a Michigan State team like we saw last weekend that's already faced him twice and maybe knows what to throw at him. And just overall is not a good defensive team. I could see Tyler Wall having his way. I could see Johnny Davis having his way. Where even if Colgate goes on a little bit of a run, they have the offensive capability, even with the struggles we've seen in the last two weeks, they have the offensive capability to go stop the run. And then the defense feeds off that. I feel like I've seen that throughout the year. Tell me if I'm crazy. Well, no. I, I Offense, if you're hitting baskets, yeah. The, 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 it's a cliche. Uh, I'm not saying what you're saying is cliche, but it is a cliche. Like, I whatever like you ask them, whatever you ask them after a game, how, you know, how, how did this happen? Why did you play this way? And how did it happen this way? Well, it all started with defense. Uh, our defense led to our, our offense. And that, you know, I'm sure that there's some truth in there, but just hitting shots kind of kind of helps your offense too. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like hitting an open three-pointer kind of helps your, kind of help, kind of helps that. I, 
I don't know. I'm I'm kind of at the point where anything I hear in in a press conference, for the most part, uh, I don't really take a ton of stock in. Um, so do I think defense helps your offense? Yeah, of course. If you're able to get stops, they're not able to set up. You're able to get out, you know, and, and to an extent with Wisconsin and run a little bit, uh, that which they did certainly towards the beginning of the year. It, that, that's that's just what it's going to be. If you don't have to take the ball out every single time and you can kind of get on the run and, and maybe get some matchups in your favor, yeah, that's that's going to help your offense. I Wait, I want to backtrack for a second. You don't believe that Paul Christ appreciates everything? I don't. I, uh, well, I think he might appreciate everything. Uh, I, I, I think he does. I think he does. Um, we got so obviously we're, we're talking basketball, but the, the football team with the announcement of Al Johnson and we got a uh, a quote from Paul Christ that was just very much Paul Christ. Uh, apparently, Al Johnson really cares about the kids. Oh, okay. I don't know if I, I don't know if you know that or not. He said uh, Al truly cares about the players. Right on. So. Uh, I'm glad. I, I hope. I hoped that was going to be part of the job description. Cares about players, and now and now we know for sure that that is the case. I am happy to know that Paul Christ is going to appreciate his contributions this year. All right, we're going to step away, take a quick break. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy is how you get a hold of the program. Twitter pull up right now. Kenny underscore Heilprin. What do you expect to see Friday night? I think Wisconsin wins and covers. 57% of you agree right now. Zach is more Wisconsin wins close. 32% are with him. 10% thinks Colgate gets the upset. 608-321-1670. Coming up, Zach, I want to talk about what this game being in Milwaukee means to what we'll see on the court. And maybe the game on Sunday as well because I'm excited to go down. I'll be in Milwaukee. It's obviously an easy drive for the people covering. But what does it mean for the players actually on the court during the game. That's coming up next on Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we're back. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin, 608-321-1670. What do you think happens on Friday? Wisconsin taking on Colgate at the Pfizer Forum. Zach, I want to ask you first, your your initial reaction. So you were with the team last Sunday during Selection Sunday when the bracket was unveiled. What Now, you obviously observed how they reacted, but what were your initial thoughts? Wisconsin is taking on Colgate, and they are playing in our backyard in Milwaukee. Thank God. No, seriously, that was I, – I was a little worried. I was worried there for a minute because I was like, am I going to have to get on a plane to, uh, in a couple of days and have to fly to Portland? You know what I mean? Like, So it was very selfish. My reaction was very selfish. And as uh, I've been told throughout uh, my career, and now that I, I use the same thing, you can't spell media without me. And it. Uh, it also has an I in it. So that's that was the most that was the most important thing in the moment was making sure I didn't have to get on a plane to go somewhere. Uh, that's very, very selfish. But also also the 2014 tournament game here against Oregon at the Bradley Center was perhaps the best environment that I've been in, like in a in a neutral site. And it, uh, it is one of those games that you'll never forget where you were. I, I think especially if you're a Wisconsin fan. And if you were in the building, and I've talked to friends that were in the building that were that were there to cheer on the team, and uh, they say the same thing. It's it was a remarkable, remarkable, remarkable game, and without the crowd, they don't get there. Greg Gard has said that. Bo Ryan, I'm, I've talked to him about that. They it doesn't happen, 
And so, uh, yes, so when it got announced, I was like, thank God I don't have to go here, and I hope we get to experience something similar uh, on Friday night or on Sunday uh, in the second game, assuming Wisconsin gets there. The crowd noise was good during that game, you'd say? (laughs) The crowd noise... uh, even the crowd noise showed up on the TV screen. Oh, like no it, it came, it it came through the TV. Uh, the the two loudest moments uh, in Brad, it maybe in Bradley. I don't want to say in Bradley Center history. There's been a lot of really, you know, big moments in this in the arena that is no longer standing. Uh, but when Frank Kaminsky hit a three pointer to bring within one point, and then when Ben Brust hit a three to get, put them up too late in that game, the final minute, the the stadium, in cra- the arena was just crazy. Uh, as loud as I've ever heard a, a arena before. Yeah, I saw, or that, since. I saw that video up on your Twitter at Zach Heilprin. It it did look I and when you watch on TV, you don't sometimes you don't get the full understanding of the decibels inside the building. It looked unbelievable. And, it, and the greatest thing about it was too is like they panned to the crowd and Ben Bruss brothers, his two older brothers, were standing on their seats just getting the crowd just going crazy and and Big Cat Barstool uh, from Barstool. A young, slimmer big cat in the stands going crazy as well. Like that, uh, it was a crazy environment. Just remarkable. And in one of those games, as I said before, you just won't you won't forget, you know, where uh, you were if you were a Wisconsin fan and, and watching that, especially if you're in the building. So hopefully that is replicated. Now there are times, a lot of times in NCAA tournaments where a higher seed is losing to a Cinderella lower seed, and sometimes the crowd gets behind. That lower seed. I was at a game yep. way back when, when Florida Gulf Coast upset Georgetown. And I, yeah, we were rooting for Florida Gulf Coast because it was the coolest thing ever. A 15 was going to upset a two. But obviously the game being in Milwaukee kind of takes that out. But I have another opinion on what the location of the game could do. And I want you to tell me if I'm crazy. So I played basketball in high school. Uh, did I play a lot? No, but I, I was on the team. I, I played a lot, just not in games. You know what I mean? It was a high level of basketball, one that I couldn't really reach uh, both height wise and athleticism wise. I was a shooter and I always shot the lights out in our own gym. But whenever we would go on the road and I would come off the bench cold, I, I would struggle. Now, this game being in Milwaukee, it is obviously not Wisconsin. It's not the Cole Center, right? So that could affect Wisconsin in a way. But Wisconsin's attack we know this. They were the worst three-point shooting team in the Big Ten this year. Their attack is not re- revolving around the three-point shot. Or at least on f- tomorrow, I would hope that that is not the case. Colgate, however, they shoot 40% from behind the arc. It's most of their attack. They're really good at it. But I feel like this game being that far away, maybe a little late at night after daylight saving time and in a different arena <laughs> that is completely new to them. They did practice, but still. I feel like the shooting could be affected a little bit. Tell me if I'm crazy. Uh, uh, did you just use daylight savings time to explain <laughs> potential <laughs> potential issues for them? Are you serious? I just threw that in there. It was a hot topic okay, during right. the morning show today. Okay. Um, yeah, take take that out of it, and maybe you could you could have a, uh, you could say that a little bit. Uh, you're right. Wisconsin is not counting on uh, shooting it well because they just quite quite honestly haven't done it pretty much all year. If it happens. It'll be amazing if they if they shoot the ball like they did in the second half against Michigan State, they'll win. To, they'll win. Um, they'll win. I mean, they, if they're going to shoot forty something percent from three, they'll win because they'll do because they're going to have everything else going at the same time too. Because it'll uh, them them shooting it well will open pockets for Johnny uh, to get to the to the basket. And we'll see what kind of defense 
Colgate wants to throw at him. I think they'll probably throw a, a few different things at him. But um, do I think it could potentially hit them? Yes. I mean, how often how often is Colgate playing in an NBA arena, NBA-style arena, right? Like um, most of the places that they play, especially during the regular season, outside of the, the trips to uh, the Carrier Dome and, and to a few other places, small little gyps where, like, the background isn't existing. It's a brick wall, right? It's <laughs> right. So it, it may be able to uh, impact them. But, again, I, I really don't think for the most part we've seen – these uh, small little teams that play in small little gyms come to the NCAA tournaments and, and upset teams all the time in these type of arenas. So I don't think it's going to be like a huge, huge thing. But we did see South Dakota State today, a team that was shooting 45%, get outshot by Providence um, from deep. So it, it, it could happen. Right. It just doesn't feel like an arena. Because, yeah, when there is a brick wall or it's a smaller gym, it's undeniably easier to shoot in it. When you're surrounded by stands all throughout, the depth perception's a little weird. The lighting's a little weird. I played in a college arena once, and I airballed two shots, right? It's like, it's not easy. So not that it'll have a big impact. That was I was looking through it, and it's like, it, it has to matter at least a little bit that they are a primarily perimeter three-point shooting team, and this is a completely foreign environment for them to do that. There was also something I saw, and am I crazy for thinking the rims at the Big Ten tournament were a little firm and weird? I uh, I did not really notice that. No, sorry. Well, well <laughs> I, I, part of I it apologize. Was, I, no, yeah, I, I, I did not. I did not notice any difference. Uh, I, I don't think that those rims were any different than the ones that they are using for uh, for the Pacers games. Like, I don't think they brought in new rims for that. No, it's a naive take. I, I wasn't actually fully. I, I was watching the game and a lot of Wisconsin shots looked good and then would hit the rim two or three times and then go out. And it mainly went Johnny well, Davis's shot. So maybe I'm just coping, yeah. you know? Well, there was, yeah, there was also one uh, that Brad put up from the corner and it was right in front of us. And I'm like, there's no chance in heck that goes in. And it bounced off the backboard and off the rim and then in. So, I mean, there, there, were, there were some friendly bounces as well. Oh, my goodness, Zach. And this is a Wisconsin Badger show, but I'm going to read this tweet to you really fast. We're not going to spend any time on it. But the Packers just traded Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Holy crap. Yeah, wow. And I and that's enough for Packer talk. Uh, Bill Michaels show, 10 to 2. We will definitely get into that. That is, that is unexpected. That is something. Uh, we're going to step away here, take a quick break. Wisconsin, if they beat Colgate, they have another game this weekend before. We will be on the air again next Thursday. What are the keys for Wisconsin to advance past this weekend? We're not necessarily talking deep, deep, but past this weekend into the Sweet 16. What do they have to do to get to Chicago? That is coming up next on Kenny and Halperin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we're back. Kenny and Heilprin. I didn't mean for the irony of this song to really play out with Devontae Adams getting traded to the Raiders. Uh, Wisconsin plays Colgate tomorrow night. Um, Zach, one thing that's been really fun for myself today, there are a lot of national people that don't follow college basketball a lot during the season and especially the big 10, but seeing them realize how horrendous the officiating is, has been really fun for me to watch. It has been. And you were asking about looking for the press conference, right? Of Fran McCaffrey. Yes. And company. 
talking uh, after the game, and wouldn't you know it, Fran McCaffrey didn't criticize the officiating, huh. shockingly enough. Here's exactly what he had to say. So the game was really physical. He, did, he didn't criticize it, like, point on, criticize it. But he, did. But he said the game, was, the game was really physical. Normally, we get to the free throw line more often. You know, <laughs> typically, typically, we expect to shoot more than two free throws in the second half, especially the way we were driving the ball. So, there you go. That you were looking for him to criticize the officiating? He did it. That's one of those, I'm not going to criticize the officiating, but I think they were bad. No, it's, 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 it's like uh, Juwan Howard <laughs> talking about how he's not, not going to make excuses, right? But. I didn't, but, the, but, and then lay out all the excuses, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, yeah, no, that is, uh, that remarkable, remarkable uh, that uh, he went out and did not criticize the officiating, just talked about how they should have shot more free throws. Surprised he didn't make but it yeah. about Davison's leg kick on his threes. Even right. though his no, team the, shot the, poorly. The fact is, the officiating both in college basketball and the NBA, not great. Not great. And it's the same way in the NFL. It's the same way in college football. We we are obsessed with officiating. There's, there's no doubt about it. And I already have somebody in my mentions uh, about the Iowa game talking about this is saying – uh, here, because I, I I put it out there, right? I said Iowa hasn't made it past the first weekend of the tournament since 1999. When it comes to March, Fran McCaffrey is the opposite of Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo is Mr. March. Fran McCaffrey is anything but. And this guy from Iowa just got in my mention said, kind of difficult after officials did all they could to help Richmond. Eight exclamation points. Rut row. Can't say I'm surprised. Yeah. And listen, I'm going to make this about Wisconsin for a second. I am excited to hopefully watch referees that respect Johnny Davis. Well, here's the thing is uh, it's just because they're outside of the Big Ten doesn't mean that they won't be getting officials that ref Big Ten games. Now, is there a less of a chance? Yes, but they've had, I want to say, 20 or 25 different officials ref games this year. Right. Yeah. It's, not the sa- it's not the same guys every time is what I'm saying. Yeah, So maybe it's a hope. Maybe it's a hope, but I I heard you talk about this yesterday, and I really agree with it. Wisconsin getting out of the Big Ten, and we mentioned, or I mentioned how Michigan State they played last weekend. They've already faced Johnny Davis twice. They had a good plan to try to stop him. Getting out of the Big Ten and facing teams that, like this Colgate team, they have a week, right, to prepare for Wisconsin, but then the next game, it's a day. And then the next game, the time frames aren't as big. You're not as familiar with the teams you're playing. I think that'll really play into Wisconsin's favor. Yeah, of course. And this is that's what we say this time of year. All I'll be honest, that's what we say almost every year is get out of the Big Ten, Wisconsin system. This was more the case when they were running when they were strictly running the swing. And, you know, and uh, Wisconsin's defense and how the way they played it and the the toughness and all that stuff. But I think it still does hold. And I certainly think it holds for Johnny Davis because uh, in the Big Ten, the way that games were called in that when two Big Ten teams were going at it, it took a lot to get what you would say um, a call. It took I don't want to go over the top here, but it it, it took near murder at times for. For uh, for for certain guys to get calls, Johnny Davis got treated like a or has gotten treated like a freshman walk on at times in terms of what he need in terms of the way that uh, his game is called. And I know we don't want to talk about the officiating and all that stuff, but that's just the way it is. And I think 
where things maybe are called a little bit tighter, which I think that they are in the NCAA tournament, it will be a good thing for him. I'm not so sure it's a great thing on the other end uh, for Wisconsin's defense, the way that they like to be physical, but right. uh, I, think the, I think there's a trade-off, but it's okay. It's, an, it's, an, it's a good trade-off, I'll say that. Right, and that plays into my key. So I want to get into what Wisconsin has to do, just them, take away the matchup for a second, and it kind of plays into, they play into each other, but what Wisconsin has to do to get out of this weekend, to beat Colgate and then beat the winner of LSU-Iowa State, who I think it's going to be LSU. I'm not a buyer of Iowa State being good. Number one for me is Johnny Davis has to play inside out. When he's had a lot of success, it, it started at least closer to the basket or the rhythm has been developed. And then as we see him throughout the game, get more confident, get a, get a better rhythm. He's kind of gone back, shot threes, added more to the offensive game. But when he's able to attack and as, as you just said, hopefully they do call something or give him the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes I think him playing inside out and you can add Tyler wall kind of to that equation too. I think that's going to be massive for this team. Cause I mean, Johnny Davis hasn't really been on a roll recently. He obviously was hurt against uh, Nebraska and then struggled against Michigan State. This week will help a lot in terms of that health. But at the end of the day, the rhythm still has to be established somewhere. And for me, that starts on the inside. Inside out, right? Everyone go. Yeah, that's that's the way offense should be run. That's touch the post. Well, inside not, out. Not if you're get Colgate. It, get it going. Colgate actually does touch the post. Uh, it's not necessarily run the offense through the post, but get it inside and and uh, and not just the post, but dribble, dri- you know, drive and kick like that is that's their offense. But they they'll they will they've got a guy that's six ten and he's not necessarily a three point shooter. Uh, they 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 will they will do that, but their bread and butter is the three pointer. But it is but the only way you get open threes is by doing some other things to get those open threes, right? Like is you know you get some movement, you get guys having to help, you get guys. Uh, you know, have to help off a drive, and you get those open threes on uh, open three-point looks. With uh, Wisconsin offensively, I think Johnny Davis and his ability to get his own offense is significant because it will. It, and we know that Colgate's uh, defense isn't great. Uh, I think he's going to have some looks, but he's also going to be a focus, and it should. It's going to lead to open shots for Chucky Hepburn and Brad Davis, and both guys who have had some success uh, from three, especially in that second half against Michigan State, and you hope it can carry over. I will say this, Chucky Hepburn, he's wearing that, he's got this thing on his wrist. He's got, he's got it taped up because uh, he had a little bit of an injury against Nebraska, and I asked him if he was going to be wearing it. He said yes, and I said, are you still hurt? And he said no, but he said the way he's shooting with it, he's going to keep it on. Hmm. So uh, he, he feels it's kind of, I don't want to say lucky, but uh, the way he's been shooting it of late, it's going to keep that, that bandage on, even though he doesn't necessarily need it. Right. It's been working. Whatever. Take away the free throw line, which has been kind of a struggle down the stretch. Uh, whatever him and Brad Davison have been doing, Wisconsin's going to need it. That kind of I, it plays into the next thing, because on offense against Michigan State, they shot the ball very well, and that's going to need to carry over. But Tyler Wall was really a not like we didn't see him touch the ball nearly enough, in my opinion, when he did get the ball. I he's I, I we talked about this last week. Crafty is, is the word I would use to explain his game. Not only is he not playing a Zach Eady down low, but it, it it's a guy he should be able to find success against. I need Tyler Wall to get the ball early and often because he's been Johnny Davis has been the best player on this team. That is undeniable. But Tyler Wall has been one of the more consistent offensive threats. But here's the thing about Tyler Wall is teams are guarding him differently now. There's no easy basket anymore for him there's a lot of double teams coming his way he needs to be the facilitator that 
everyone knows he is. He can pass the ball, and uh, Stephen Crowell's got that passing ability too. But you can't force it either. The, the four shot attempts by Tyler Wall are probably, uh, I think it's fair to say, too few that he had against Michigan State. He needs more, but he also has to be smart about it, and teams are not going to allow him to back guys down 101 anymore, and I certainly don't think Colgate's going to do that. And, and why would you if you're a, if you're a defensive team uh, or if you're, if you're the other team when you see Wisconsin's three-point shooting percentage? Like, I, I, I would have no problem, and I, I think there's a, there's a reason for it. I would have no problem doubling them all the time, especially Tyler Wall, down low. I would, and the same thing with Johnny Davis, doubling him. There's, there's no reason, for the most part, to be afraid of Wisconsin from the outside, and it's made life tougher both for Johnny Davis and Tyler Wall. So this game kind of comes down for you to whether Wisconsin hits threes or whether they're able to shoot it well. I no, I I think it comes down to I think it comes down if Colgate is going to hit threes, mm-hmm. can Wisconsin uh, defense uh, offensively score points to to stay? I don't want to say close because uh, I think Wisconsin is, is favored and for good reason. They're the much they're the better team. But if Colgate's going to come in and, and shoot the way that they did last year against Arkansas. Wisconsin's offense is going to have to show up because Arkansas's offense certainly did. And again, I don't think Colgate's going to be able to hold up uh, defensively, but if they're hot at the other end, it may not matter. Yeah. So I, one of the last things I had written down and one goes without saying uh, one of the downfalls against Michigan state. And I would argue maybe the biggest was Wisconsin wasn't able to connect from the free throw line. And there was some stat that I saw flashed on TVs throughout the year that Wisconsin was 21 and 0 maybe in, in their first 20 games this season when they were able to attempt more foul shots than their opponent. And down the stretch that kind of changed a little bit. And then against Michigan State, they weren't really able to hit him. So and and Chucky Hepburn had a big spot, but still it's also kind of team wide. It goes without saying it's March Madness, you have to hit free throws, but that is something that has plagued this team a little bit. Yeah, no, I Yes, uh, they they would like to shoot free throws more. Fran McCaffrey hmm. would like to shoot more free throws. Hmm. Um, you know, the same thing goes goes for Greg Gard. But the guy who is able to get to the free throw line the most is Johnny Davis. And if you're not getting the calls that you know that you need to get to to be uh, at the line more, that's a problem. And I think the Badgers would be shooting a ton more free throws if uh, Johnny Davis was officiated the way that at, uh, some of the best players in the country are and should be. How did he look in practice today? Does he look fully healthy or at least close to it? I mean, they, they didn't do any full, really full speed stuff. I, he's, he has practiced fully this week. Greg Gard has limited the, you know, the contact and, and the, a lot of the full speed stuff this week just to have everybody's legs, including Johnny's. But he said Johnny has done everything else, has practiced just like everyone else. He has done absolutely everything um, all the rest of the guys have. And I kind of buried this question. I was going to ask this at the top. There were fans there to watch the practice. Did they sell booze? Uh, it didn't appear that way, no. Huh. Um, and actually, I was kind of surprised. Uh, there were not as many fans here as I thought that there would be, um, especially since it was free and it was, um, you know, late afternoon. I figured that there would be more fans here. There were there were fans here, but I was expecting more, and I'm interested to see what tomorrow looks like. It is very... Uh, uh, very expensive to get in to Pfizer Forum tomorrow. Yes. Uh, last last time I looked, it was like two hundred bucks, uh, and those seats are in the second second level. And I so I we'll see we'll see what tomorrow night looks like. Yeah, maybe many are on my same uh, plan of 
after work tomorrow, I'm driving into Milwaukee. I'm not able to go to the game, but I'll be downtown. But maybe I, I feel like a lot of people from Madison, because it's such an easy trip, can just do it on Friday after work. But yeah, I don't know. Probably. Uh, probably. Right. We're going to step away, we'll take a quick break. I We will talk about the entire bracket coming up because a couple Big Ten teams won today. A couple obviously went down uh, with Iowa being one of them. Michigan, unfortunately, picking up the win. But which Big Ten team could get the furthest in this tournament? Because there are some good options still out there, uh, including the two co-champions in the conference. That final segment coming up next, Kenny and Halperin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in final segment before we get out of here. 608-321-1670. Twitter poll is up. Kenny underscore Heilprin. 57%. Still say Wisconsin wins and covers the eight against Colgate. 33% say Wisconsin wins close and under 10% think that Colgate upsets Wisconsin. So uh, interesting stuff. I Now, Wisconsin blowout for this team means different things than it does for, say, a Gonzaga, more right? Than, <laughs> double digits. Six. Double digits to more me. More than six. Yeah. Right. I was so Providence was able to pull away late, but they were in a classic, you know, low scoring one to six score Providence game. I want to see a full strength Wisconsin team play Providence to see who can win by one to six better. I, I don't I mean, how would that go? I, I saw the tweet that you put out and I don't I don't quite understand it. I have no idea. It really it. OK, it didn't right, make cool. any right. sense. That's, that's what that's what I figured. That's what I figured. But I wanted I didn't want to. Call you out on Twitter. I'd rather call you out on the air and ask. Yeah, that's okay. Um, okay. All right, Save cool. your dunks for, for the worst tweets that are out there. That one made no <laughs> sense, and I knew it when I put it out there. Um, so a lot, of, uh, a lot of good action in March Madness today. Right now you have in the Big Ten in March Madness, Indiana up 21-19 on St. Mary's in the first half, and that is it for the conference. Zach, do you, th- do you see one Big Ten team as being the best bet to go the furthest? Because to me... I can't put that stock in Wisconsin because they have this matchup against Colgate. Then obviously LSU, Iowa state Auburn frightens me. And I don't know. I'm buyers of other teams long-term, you know, well doing more than Wisconsin to me, it's Purdue. And yeah, they may have an extremely tough path to get there. Um, yet at the same time, I, I am buying, although the defense is not great by any means. And apparently teams haven't won with, a defense that poor, I do buy <laughs> Ivy and Edie in March Madness. I do think they have the talent to do what it takes to be the furthest advancing Big Ten team. That might not be saying much, though, because the Big Ten seems to, you know, not do well in this tournament recently. Yeah, I, that probably makes sense. I think Michigan State perhaps has the talent uh, to get it done. Ooh, fade if Duke? They get d- to beat Duke. I, I would laugh. I would laugh because obviously Coach K going out that way, Tom Izzo <laughs> in March, it would be awesome. It would be amazing. I think, like, I'm not, I mean, I, I don't, I don't particularly like Michigan State, like, just historically, but in the tournament, it, they, for the most part, are different, especially when they're a lower seed like they are right now. Uh, do you give Michigan any chance against Tennessee? No, I don't. I think Tennessee is unbelievably good. And while they also don't have a good tournament record, 
or Rick Barnes at least doesn't. I, I think they were under-seeded as a three. So the other thing here is, what about Illinois? If they get by Chattanooga, they're going to play Houston or UAB. I think I certainly think they can beat Houston. And then they go up against Arizona, and Arizona's a big team. But I also think uh, Coburn could be the, uh, I don't want to say uh, eliminate that type of uh, advantage, but but it's possible. But coming back to your question of which Big Ten team could go the deepest, I would say Purdue as well. But I, if you look at the historically, a team with that good of offense and that poor of defense, they don't make it past the round of 32. Yeah. And, and Iowa was also in that same vein. Really, really good offense, poor defense. Today, they were a really bad offense and an okay defense, and it, it ended their tournament. So, yeah, I mean, I, I historically I would not say that would be the team that I would pick, but I think they may be the best team at this point. Um, but Wisconsin's, again, Wisconsin's path, Auburn finished the year 3-3. Three and three. USC and Miami don't really scare anybody. If they can get by Colgate, they face an LSU team without the coach, yep. or they face an Iowa State team that was 7-11 in, in conference. So anything could happen, and now everyone was pointing to Iowa. Oh, my God, are they going to be able to get by Iowa at the at the United Center? And instead, it's probably going to be Kansas. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't put it past Wisconsin to make a run. I'm with you. Wisconsin definitely got probably the best possible draw I could ever imagine. And as I've said, I love the matchup with Colgate. It could backfire in my face. Uh, I have been known to mush things in the past. Uh, your official prediction for this weekend, Zach, I think Wisconsin gets by both games. The first one easily. The second one maybe a little more of a sweat, but I think they get to the Sweet 16. I think they are both games that are decided by six points or less. Oh, really out on a limb there. <laughs> Considering 17th of their 31 games were decided by that, yeah. I think I feel okay about it. Yeah, I feel good about it. All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks for hanging around. We'll be back next Thursday. Hopefully, there are more games to talk about for this Badger team. Thanks for hanging around. See ya. Kenny and Heilprin, Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com.